Presented by Better Medicare Alliance. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogan Avalon. It's Thursday, and this is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. It's a story we've become all too familiar with since Democrats took control of the House back in 2019. Lawmakers issue subpoenas to Trump White House officials. Trump White House officials then stonewall at his behest. And today, the January 6th committee could find itself hitting the same roadblocks. Steve Bannon and Cash Patel have been subpoenaed for questioning today. Mark Meadows and Dan Scavino are slated for Friday. Trump has asked them not to cooperate, claiming executive privilege bars their participation, an assertion that's bogus, according to Democrats. Members of the panel have been talking this week about referring non-compliant witnesses to the Department of Justice for Criminal Prosecution. Unlike during the Trump years, they now have allies in a Justice Department run by Democrats, at least in theory. Often when it comes to oversight, presidents protect their predecessors. Attorney General Merrick Garland, however, has shown a willingness to assist Hill investigators on this particular issue, including by ensuring privileges waived for top DOJ officials to testify about the pressure that they faced from Trump. It's unclear whether Garland will go along with the panel plan to pursue criminal contempt, but even if he does, the cases could drag out in the courts for months, inching up to the midterm elections, fraught timing for both parties. There's some other dynamics we're watching when it comes to the January 6th commission. Who's paying the legal bills? Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani complained vocally that the Republican Party didn't pony up for his legal bills when he got sued for defamation over some of his big lie conspiracy theories. Could these defendants find themselves in a similar financial bind? And if so, would they be more willing to spill? And then there's the matter of privilege. The Biden White House has been walking a fine line when it comes to Trump's claims of executive privilege, indicating a willingness to waive depending on the request. On Wednesday, for example, White House counsel Dana Remus encouraged the National Archives to turn over Trump-era documents to the panel, regardless of what the ex-president says. But will they do this for everything? And even if they do, Trump will almost certainly go to the courts to slow things down, as he has before. The question of a former president's privilege being waived hasn't been litigated before. The next dynamic is their toothless oversight. The entire situation underscores just how much Hill oversight has been crippled in recent years. Subpoenas have no teeth, and without authority to uphold them, Congress has struggled with holding Trump fully accountable. Yes, the panel has had some cooperation. Former Acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen testified for hours before the committee in private Wednesday. But when it comes to what Trump did at the White House on January 6th, they still have a real challenge. Democrats are hoping that the threat of contempt may force some to cooperate. It's a stain on anyone's record, they argue. And in the past, the threat alone has made some people play ball. Representative Adam Schiff wants to change this dynamic in part by requiring courts to quickly resolve any questions of privilege when it comes to oversight. This bill has yet to move through the House, but it will be interesting to see where the GOP comes down on it. There's already private talk of impeaching Biden if they flip the House. Such a provision would undoubtedly be used by the GOP in investigating the Biden White House as well. This is the week the Democrats officially hit the panic button in Virginia. Biden won the state by 10 points in 2020, but Terry McAuliffe leads Republican Glenn Youngkin by just two and a half points. Barack Obama, not exactly BFFs with McAuliffe, is being sent into stump for him. McAuliffe has even started distancing himself from Biden and Washington Democrats, demanding that they, quote, get their act together. The Crooked Media Newsletter declared that it was time to, quote, commence your productive freakout. James Homan of The Washington Post, a keen observer of Virginia politics, writes that, quote, Democrats seem to be sleepwalking into disaster in the same way they missed warning signs of the growing backlash against Obama in 2009. He goes on to say, 
The disdain with which McAuliffe dismisses pervasive parental anxiety is eerily reminiscent of the way Democrats underestimated the potency of the emerging Tea Party movement 12 years ago. It was common then for many on the left to dismiss people getting engaged with right-wing politics for the first time as racist whack jobs who were being taken advantage of by astroturf groups funded by billionaires. Youngkin has been trying to conjure the spirit of Trump to excite the GOP base, but without having Trump himself come to Virginia and scare away the GOP curious independence in the excerpts. Last night, a pro-Youngkin Take Back Virginia rally outside Richmond tested this needle-threading strategy. The event, per the Associated Press, featured Republicans who have spread falsehoods about election fraud, including former Trump White House advisor Steve Bannon and Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase, a prominent promoter of election fraud conspiracy theories. Youngkin was not there to watch attendees recite the Pledge of Allegiance before an American flag that was said to be, quote, at the peaceful rally with Donald J. Trump on January 6th. And Youngkin missed Trump himself call into the event and declare his support for the GOP candidate while alleging that 2020 was the most corrupt election in the history of our country. DEP added, Youngkin's campaign did not respond to questions from the Associated Press on Wednesday whether Youngkin expected Trump would campaign with them in the final stretch or why he chose not to attend Wednesday's event, apart from pointing out the candidate's busy travel schedule Wednesday. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 9.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the President's Daily Brief. At 10.30, Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will get a pandemic and vaccination briefing in the Oval Office. At 11.30, the President will speak from the Roosevelt Room to deliver a pandemic response and vaccination update. At 12.15, Biden and Harris will have lunch together. Here's what's on the Vice President's calendar. At 10 a.m., the Vice President will take part in a virtual town hall focused on the administration's care agenda and its benefits for families and women. Most by Care Can't Wait. At 5.35, Harrison's second gentleman Doug Emhoff will leave to spend the weekend in Los Angeles. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 1 p.m. The House and the Senate are out today. All right, that's all I've got for you today. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Monavalin. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. 27 million seniors and people with disabilities are counting on Congress to stand up for Medicare Advantage. With a 98% beneficiary satisfaction rate, the lowest monthly premiums in 15 years, $1,640 in average annual consumer savings, and better health outcomes for seniors, it's no wonder that so many Medicare beneficiaries entrust their health to Medicare Advantage. Learn more about the Medicare Advantage difference at bettermedicarealliance.org.